Good evening. Today is the 24th day of November 2016, Darshan Day, also known as Siddhi Day. And we are here with our brother Alok, who will share with us the significance of this day. An article on, well, from Purani mainly. On the 24th November 1926, the mother saw Sri Aurobindo emerge from his room in the evening. She knew immediately that something had important had happened in the history of the earth and universe. She sent word to all the sadaks and asked them to assemble in the upper veranda of the library. By six, all were there, all twenty-four, including Champaklal, Nolini, Amrita, Pavitra, Barin, Urani, Datta, Pujalal, Ranjang, and Chandrasekharam. What happened there is, in Purani's words, there was a deep silence in the atmosphere after the disciples had gathered there. Many saw an oceanic flood of light rushing down from above. Everyone felt a kind of pressure above his head. The whole atmosphere was surcharged with some electrical energy. In that silence, the usual, yet on this day unusual, tick was heard behind the door of the entrance. Expectation rose in flood. Sri Aurobindo and the mother could be seen through the half-closed door. The mother, with a gesture of her eyes, requested Sri Aurobindo to step out first. Sri Aurobindo, with a similar gesture, suggested to her to do the same. With a slow, dignified step, the mother came out first, followed by Sri Aurobindo with his majestic gait. The mother sat on a small stool to his right. Silence absolute. Living silence. Not merely living, but outflowing with divinity. The meditation lasted about 45 minutes. After that, one by one, the disciples bowed to the mother. She and Sri Aurobindo gave blessings to them. Whenever a disciple bowed to the mother, Sri Aurobindo's right hand came forward behind the mother's as if blessing him through the mother. After the blessings, in the same silence, there was a short meditation. Immediately, Datta was inspired. In that silence, she spoke, The Lord has descended into the physical today. Datta, as we know, Miss Hodgson, she was a friend of the mother who had accompanied her all the way. Just to, just to complete it, actually since uh, August that year, there were indications of something special that is going to happen. And we see it in Shurabindo's evening talks. First on his birthday, 15th August 1926, when Sri is asked what is the secret of this transformation, how to get there. And then one of the disciples says, 
It is through the psychic that we can glimpse the supramental. Shubhinder says, yes, you got that. So the another disciple says, any other. Then Shubhinder says, yes, but it will be difficult for you to understand. Then at the insistence of the disciple, he says that you have to discover your higher self. And through the higher self, you must come in touch with the plane of the gods. So the disciple asked Shurabindo, what does that mean? And Shurabindo said, I told you that, that you won't understand. <laughs> I told you that you won't understand. So, you know, we see very interestingly, actually 24th November is a very interesting day of transition in the yoga of Shurabindo. The first transition comes soon after 1908. When Shurabindu glimpses the supramental oneness through the psychic door, what he called as Vasudevam, everywhere, Sarvamiti, in the bar, in the prison, in the bowl, in the judge, in the advocate, the mother has beautifully explained that this experience is the experience of supramental oneness. He sees the one divine everywhere, in everyone. And this was glimpsed through the psychic door. Till then, we see that Shurabindu is uh, his yoga is following along many lines of the traditional yogas, many lines simultaneously. And he's being flooded with experiences after experiences. The experience of the world mother, the experience of the vacant infinite, the experience of silent Brahman, and so on and so forth. Not to speak of the experience through pranayama that he has mm. of lines and lines of poetry descending into him. And this goes on till he touches a peak. And that peak is the first glimpse into the supramental oneness, which is just hinted in the Gita. The, there are three points in the Gita where Sri Krishna, uh, as my dear friend Chote Narayanji used to say, that Sri Krishna knocks at the gates of the supermind but does not open it. <laughs> and of course, he leaves it uh, for himself to open it much later. And one of them is where he says, I am the unmanifest and the manifest. Both together. Another place where he speaks of this experience, Vasudevam Sarvamiti. It's the rarest of the rare who has a glimpse of this. And the third is where he gives the great secret, Sarvadharman Parityaja Mamekam Shadnam Braja. It is only through an absolute unconditional surrender to the divine that you can be freed from all sin and evil. This sin and evil is not about just the inner being, but that comes by the very fact of being born into matter, which is what Christ also refers to. The sin is not the way we understand sin, but the very fact of birth into matter is a birth into imperfection. So he knocks at the gates, but doesn't reveal it. And we see the story of Sri Krishna connecting with Sri Aurobindo very interestingly on this day. So 1908, Sri Aurobindo's yoga began to depart into other realms, uncharted realms, new territories. And for the fulfillment of that yoga, because it was a new yoga for the earth, we see that Shurabindo has an adesh and he withdraws into total seclusion in Pondicherry. And there he starts this new adventure and the yoga is given to him, the limbs of the yoga, the new yoga is given to him by, Shurabindo says, the guru of the worlds. He gives him the limbs of the yoga because this that yoga is not yet known to the earth. So he must practice it. 
and in that yoga for a long time he is now moving from one plane to another he is not taken up the vedic yoga and he is fulfilling it to its utmost so he moves from one plane to another and as he moves something happens which is beautifully described in savitri and of course one of his poems which had never happened in any of the terrestrial yoga so far and that is the descent of a higher consciousness what the yogis could do at the most in the vedic yogas they could ascend into the rays of the sun and live from there but there was no corresponding descent in the mind life they aspire for it but the the aadhar is not ready there was an effort and a great effort no doubt about it now shobindo starts experiencing the descent so higher and higher levels of consciousness begin to descend and each descent opens a way to further ascent so it's a continuous process beautifully described in savitri and i'm sure many of us experience it in our life that as there is a descent something gets liberated from the clutches of old nature something of the old consciousness escapes the boundaries of ignorance and is integrated into the higher self that's how shobindo describes it in the life divine as ascent and integration this goes on for a long time long time really long till 14 16 years 16 years till finally the entire range of higher consciousness beyond the mind that is the over mind consciousness descends completely into matter now contact with the higher planes has been there people have glimpsed divinity of krishna there have been influence of krishna people have even experienced partial manifestations of krishna consciousness like chaitanya mahaprabhu and shobindo testifies to it but that is very different it's like an influence coming touching coloring from something tying itself onto matter and a material body which is what shobindo was striving towards because only if the overmind plane could come down and fix itself to earth can it prepare matter for the supramental descent and people were experiencing this pressure of higher and higher consciousness and the manifestation of the gods right, right. you know in november october they felt an intense pressure some gods were descending into the consciousness of the disciples for example varuna into nalnidas uh, you know uh, being mitra the god of love and harmony into amritdas being so it was happening all the time mother was in touch with those over yes all gods. the gods and she would ask them that you are descending all right but will you fix yourself into earth matter and tie yourself and they would say no 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 that only man is capable of that <laughs> of course man is capable of that is my addition Uh, but not without reason <laughs> mother says only man is capable because he contains in him the psychic spark so they said we will help but we will not tie to the body even shiva the great god he said i'll help from above and i'll incarnate when the supramental world is ready and established till then i will help but not tie myself to any human body and then mother says except for krishna he agreed to tie himself to a physical body because it was his work that was being done and he tied himself to shirbindo's body now what does it mean that's 24th november 
it's not just the overmind plane descending and preparing matter, but the being of Krishna coming and dying. So there are two things involved in this. Now, if we look at Sri Krishna's work, Sri Krishna is Anandamaya. But he had come to, because earth is not ready for the Ananda, he had come to open the way up to the overmind. So many people, when Shobindo says this, thought that, oh, Sri Krishna is overmind, Shobindo is supermind, so one is inferior to the other. Typical human logic. Despite today we are reading that message, <laughs> that uh, this is the logic of absurdity. Uh, well, Sri Krishna is the eternal divine who had taken a poise in the overmind because earth had to, ways of earth had to be opened up to that. That itself was a big deal. And that is why he doesn't go beyond. He knocks at the gates but returns back because it's too early, too premature. Earth has to be ready for that. So he prepares the consciousness of the earth. But the beauty is and the interesting part is because Sri Krishna is Anandamaya, he starts his Leela upon earth with Ananda. If you read Sri Krishna's stories, the first part, Vrindavan, is all Ananda. His, you know, dance with the gopis and the gopis, the play, even the destruction of the asuras there, it's all full of delight and charm. But obviously the earth is not ready and the mother says that. That Sri Krishna came to bring freedom and delight, but man was not ready, and therefore he had to, therefore, Vrindavan still does not exist upon earth. So he did it, but saw earth is not ready. So suddenly he vanishes one night, which Shobinda has said was a great event, one of the four great events. Sri Krishna's sudden departure from Vrindavan, earthly Vrindavan. And that created a longing in the heart of earth. Streams of bhakti, which was not there earlier. In the Vedas and the Upanishads, you have great urge towards truth and wisdom and light. But the bhakti that sprang up after Krishna's sudden departure, the bhakti that is necessary, even fundamental, a central movement for the transformation, which Sri Krishna hints at the end in the Gita as the secret of secrets, to surrender. That is not yet born. So because of Sri Krishna departure, that is born. And then he goes on to prepare the earth through the dance of Krishna and Kali, the Mahabharata. Because world is not ready for Radha and Krishna. It must see the dance of Kali and Krishna. This again we see in Sri own yoga. That for a long time, Kali and Krishna played a big role in his own yoga. And he says that. He acknowledges that. In fact, so much so that when somebody said, oh, it was very easy for you, you are an avatar, walking into nirvana, etc., etc. He says, well, I did not get these experiences by my own effort. They came to me by the grace of the Guru or, if you like, the grace of Krishna and Kali. And he stops at that because he wanted to insist that this is a yoga of surrender and grace primarily. Personal effort cannot, you know, fulfill this yoga. So we see that Krishna came for a work to lead earth towards Anandame, delight from which it is born, but it's not ready. So he did the work up to opening the overmind consciousness. Very well knew that it has to take one more step before it can reach the Anandame. And so that work was undertaken by Shurabindo. And now Sri Krishna knowing fully well, now this is the next step. Through which eventually, because he 
he is the one who has to lead the earth earth is earth this world has sprung out of delight so in a certain sense out of krishna this world has sprung and has to go back to him but there is a step needed indispensable step which shobindo reminds us in savitri but first high truth must set on earth its base its foot on set her feet on earth set her, its feet on earth yeah because without that if ananda love descend upon earth they will immediately uh, create a confusion human consciousness is not ready so shobindo prepares it for truth and shri krishna is there behind supporting fully the work shobindo says if it was not for the ananda for the delight of the divine i cannot bear this burden that i have to bear and all have to bear who share this mission it's that ananda so he stood behind and then so much so that he tied himself to shobindo's body now yeah, yeah. creating a continuity between the avatar of the past and the avatar of the future mother says in okay. 1926 i had begun a sort of overmental creation yes that is i had brought the overmind down in matter here on earth miracles and all kinds of things were beginning to happen i asked all the gods to incarnate to identify themselves with the body on earth some of them absolutely refused well with my very own eyes i saw krishna who had always been in rapport rapport with sri arabindo consent to come down into his body there is something else which she says which is very interesting maybe you know you can or maybe i'll read it yeah yes she further uh, clarifies it of course there is something very interesting about it <laughs> well i was in contact with these beings and i told krishna this is all very fine but what i want now is a creation on earth you must incarnate he said yes then i saw him i saw him with my own eyes join himself to shorbindo this was in 1926 very interestingly a sadhika in the ashram who was a great krishna bhakta uh, sahanadi she saw in her inner vision crying tears and tears because suddenly krishna appears before her and she is overflowing with gratitude that how come you have chosen to appear before me who am i nobody and then he tells her but why are you crying i am there i am there you have sure bindo and then she sees sri krishna fuse into shorbindo she saw it so she wrote a letter to shorbindo and asked him what does it mean i am you know there is a i think yeah yeah it is there so i'll read there appeared before her a radiant image a gleam with blue light she had a vision of krishna she fell prostrate at his feet with tears flowing and kept repeating oh my lord my beloved god in that utterance he felt such an unknown exquisitely sweet feeling of oneness with him that she exclaimed oh how intimate so intimate that there can be none so much my own 
Overwhelming her with this feeling, he vanished, uttering these benedictory words. Sri Krishna utters this to Sahana. Why this lassitude? I am united with Sri Aurobindo. She wrote everything to Sri Aurobindo and asked, How shall I, so unfit a person, take this experience? Have I understood it rightly? He answered, Who else can unite with me except Krishna? Mark the words. Who else can unite with me? Normally it is the other way around. Except Krishna. So, coming back to you know what mother saw, she clarifies. It was only a participation from Krishna. It made no difference for Shurabindu personally. It was a formation from the past that accepted to participate in the present creation. It was a descent of the Supreme from some time back, now consenting to participate in the new manifestation. So it was the personality of Sri Krishna, the eternal Godhead. Now, you know, Sri Krishna is divine, Shurabindu is divine. And divine doesn't quarrel with divine, but the sects quarrel. They love to quarrel. <laughs> it's our problem, <laughs> not the problem of Krishna and Shurabindu. But nevertheless, each avatar comes, even though they are coming from the same source, the Supreme. Each of them brings a certain aspect or certain qualities into play. Or he comes to manifest certain things which are not yet in manifestation. Like Rama manifested the mental intelligence, which is sattvic nature, which was not there. You see, if you look at that humanity, it was largely asuric or animal-like. And Rama brought that kind of a purified intelligence, mental intelligence into earth. So, he is the divine, but yet he has taken a certain station for earth. Similarly, Sri Krishna... Coming from the same Supreme, he came bringing certain qualities into play and these qualities become the personality of the avatar. And when the avatar withdraws seemingly from the earth, his personality remains in contact with the earth to lead and guide it towards the next step. That, is, that answers also when people ask, you know, who is their mother and Shurabindo? Uh, if you don't find, well, mother and Shurabindo are there, their personalities leaving aside the transformation part for a moment. But even if there was no transformation which took place, as the avatar, mother and Shurabindo's personality, their inner being will continue to remain in contact with the earth till that work is done. This is the assurance mother also gives us on 7th December 1972 or perhaps 9th December uh, 1950. That Shurabindo promised that the whole of him will remain in contact with the earth. It's not just a promise but an assurance that he will remain in contact till the work is finished. So Sri Krishna had been in contact with the earth, a fact testified by countless you know, yogis and mystics. And now when he saw the time has come ready and there is a whole tradition like that in Indian thought that the avatar of the past comes and meets the avatar of the future and hands him over as it were all that he has accomplished and realized. It's to make the work easier. We see it in the story of Rama that Parshurama comes and gives the baton to Rama. We see similar thing in Krishna's life. Both come. There is a connection with the story of Rama as well as connection with Parshurama. They both come. 
and they hand over to him that you have to carry on. And we see the same in Shurabindo's life and the mother's life. In mother's life, we see a coming of at least two avatars, three avatars. Christ, Buddha and Krishna. We see documented. And in Shurabindo's life, we very clearly see Sri Krishna coming and fusing with him. He says, it was Krishna who was the guide of my yoga and with whom I realized identity. Yes. So the inner identity he had already realized. Now he tied himself to earth, which meant now the physical consciousness will receive completely the overmind plane, which is indispensable for opening the path to the supramental. And this was the great event, the momentous event. And many things changed after that. That's why it's a moment of transition. The first transition was 1910 or 1908. Then 1910, Shurabindu withdrew. The second transition, great transition is 1926. After that, Shurabindu withdrew even deeper. We see these roundabouts in Shurabindu's life. After the first realization, or rather the first great realization, he had many realizations. It would be stupid to speak of first in Shurabindu's case. But after the major one, Vasudevam Sarvamiti, he withdraws into the background for another kind of yoga. Then there is a second major turn that is the descent of the overmind consciousness and the Godhead Krishna into the very physical. Now Shurabindu steps one more step behind and from that day onwards anybody who had to meet Shurabindu or communicate with him it was through the mother. For many years nobody knew what is happening in Shurabindu in his room alone. Even people who were cleaning the room were advised, not advised, told not to look up and look at Shurabindo. And I am told it seems that someone who had gone and had a look at Shurabindo got so frightened seeing strange things happening. I mean, because he was manifesting all kinds of things were happening in his very body. And so Dhuman Bhai recount, five years he was cleaning Shurabindo's room. And he was told, don't, you will not look up and see Shurabindo. And he said, yes, five years every day he would go clean the room and not look up. Because it was something tremendous that was happening till 1938. So from 26 to 38 we see this whole period. Nobody knows what was happening. Of course, mother. Again, 12 years. uh 12 years. And then mother was in the front. And many disciples couldn't take the change. Barinda, Motilal Roy, they almost, they, they went away. They couldn't accept it. And people asked that, you know, why don't you continue the old arrangement for some of them? Shubindu says, I have no intention of changing the present arrangement because it is based on truth. As simple as that. Another thing that happened after 24th November 1926 is the start of what we call today's Darshan days. Before that, there were birthday celebrations, not Darshan days. And birthday celebrations were special events in the ashram, Mother and Shurabindu's birthday. But they were not Darshan days. The Darshan day, the first Darshan day actually is 24th November 1926, though it is not called as Darshan. Before that, if somebody said, I want to have Darshan of Shurabindu, Shurabindu would sometimes even write a letter, Who's Darshan? What, what does he mean by Darshan? Darshan is only of the Lord. But when the Lord established himself in the physical, 
not like all kinds of yogis who start giving darshan. That Sri Bindo actually the darshan started. And then 21st February was the first recognized darshan when we had the message from the mother yes. that, you know, Shubindo's letter on the mother, first letter, that was given as a darshan message. Yes. Then the next darshan message is February or August 1929. And the third message is November 1929, which is the same message that we received today, incidentally. It was the first November 1929 darshan message distributed is the message that we have received today. It's in Shobindo's handwriting as well as in, I mean, we didn't receive in Shobindo's handwriting. I wish it was like that. Mm. It, was such a, it would have been such a joy. But anyways, <laughs> the message itself is such a joy. So this November 1926 marked the great transition. So it also became the first darshan day. It also became officially the Ashram Formation Day. Because before that, there was no ashram. There was a group mm. of seekers. And he puts mother in front. And he puts point. mother in front. The reason is that now Shobindo was sure that the supermind will descend. Before that, when people asked him, he said, well, maybe possible, etc., etc. And when he was asked that, are you sure? He said, I am morally sure, but practically not sure. This is early November. So, disciple asked him, what do you mean? He said, I am morally sure because I see the descent happening. Practically, he says, because matter is unrepentant. It does not want to change or open. So I am not sure. But after the overmind descent into matter, he knew that now it will take place. So he withdrew into bringing down the supermind. But if supermind comes down, truth born too soon might break the imperfect earth. So mother had to prepare earth and man for the supramental descent. So we see mother starts the ashram, not ashram as ashram, <laughs> today we call it like that, but it just grew. Representative humanity came, who represented an impossibility. Earlier mother used the word impossibility. Mm -hmm. Later on after the supramental descent, she says, now I won't be harsh and use the word impossibility, I would say difficulty. Each one represented a difficulty of the earth nature to be solved by the supramental touch and that difficulty in matter itself. Yes. So she started preparing. So step by step she started preparing. In the mind, sadhana went into the mind. In the vital, sadhana into the vital. In matter, sadhana into matter. In subconscient, then we see a different kind of sadhana starting of which we need not speak today. So this was the second great transition which took place in the life of Shobindo's yoga. Mother came in the forefront and Shobindo stepped behind. And of course, just to complete it all, there was a third great transition when Shobindo stepped one more step behind and that is 1950. Again, to swallow all the poison of the earth which, was, which had come up from the bubbles as he was exploring and digging deep and deep and due to the pressure of the vital forces, the world wars, the massive riots, killings, so all that poison he drank like Shiva. And from the other side of the boundlessness, started pressing the supermind to come down upon earth. A God's labor. A God's labor. So that was the third great transition. So we are at the second great transition. And let me read some lines from Savitri. As we know, Savitri has everything. 
which show which touch upon this experience after which the whole path opens before this the path is still closed shurbindo is trying his best for the earth consciousness to open to the super mind but the over mind must first descend consent and over mentalize matter if one may say so this is savitri page 80 and it goes on till 83 i may read from portions of it as i said between 1910 to 1926 shubindu led a largely a secluded life but in his seclusion he was watchful of all the great movements of the world in a divine retreat from mortal thought in a prodigious gesture of soul sight his being towered into pathless heights naked of its vesture of humanity so as i said that there is an ascent taking place from plane to plane of consciousness and now we see a beautiful description of krishna and kali as thus it rose to meet him bare and pure a strong descent leap down a might a flame a beauty half visible with deathless eyes a violent ecstasy a sweetness dire krishna kali kali krishna a violent ecstasy a sweetness dire because it shatters everything enveloped him with its stupendous limbs and penetrated nerve and heart and brain that thrilled and fainted with the epiphany his nature shuddered in the unknown's grasp he knew it's a dangerous process so mother had to take care and take charge prepare all of us it's literally teaching mathematics to us donkeys so she is doing that labor and now come these marvelous lines in a moment shorter than death longer than time by a par more ruthless than love how can love be ruthless well love can be ruthless because it snatches everything of us and takes it into itself so it can be ruthless doesn't allow anything else to remain doesn't allow the ego to remain doesn't allow any other attachment to remain it completely possesses us so it can be experienced as ruthlessness from an ego bound humanity by a power more ruthless than love happier than heaven taken sovereignly into eternal arms hailed and coerced by a stark absolute bliss shubhendu speaks of that which krishna shall i contest with and then he says that krishna so many times he took me into his arms and i have spent so many days with him 
in a whirlwind circuit of delight and force hurried into unimaginable depths are borne into immeasurable heights it was torn out from its mortality and underwent a new and boundless change and in fact that that did remark the lord has descended into yes. the physical and then she said he has conquered death this is an experience and shubindo confirmed this when he was asked he said yes but still the body can encounter death but through three means one is i decide to leave which eventually happened second is violent accident and third is third i think was ha uh, third was the action of age otherwise no other possibility and then he said uh, if i decide to leave because i think that is necessary or the work will be done later so that's what it means torn out from mortality an omniscient knowing without sight or thought an indecipherable omnipotence a mystic form that could contain the worlds yet make one human breast its passionate shrine draw him out of his seeking loneliness into the magnitudes of god's embrace seeking loneliness and he is wrapped all around by the great godhead a greater force than the earthly held his limbs huge workings bared his undiscovered sheets strange energies wrought and screened tremendous hands unwound the triple cord of mind and freed the heavenly wideness of a godhead's gaze that's when he started the darshan because the very physical had been taken over by the supreme so this is the experience and towards the end of this passage the old adamantine vitos stood no more over part where earth and nature's obsolete rule the python coils of the restricting law could not restrain the swift arisen god abolished were the scripts of destiny there was no small death hunted creature more no fragile form of being to preserve from an all swallowing immensity the great hammer beats of a pent up world heart burst open the narrow dams that keep us safe against the forces of the universe so this is entire cosmicization or universalization if we like which also is part of the overmind consciousness that it universalizes and shubindra says that it's only possible when we enter the cosmic consciousness and begin to dwell in it fully that we can come in touch or we can say that the overmind experience is complete and these are wonderful lines the soul and cosmos faced as equal powers a boundless being in a measureless time invaded nature 
with the infinite. He saw, unpathed, unwalled his titan scope. This is yoga of the spirit's freedom and greatness. Then of course a long journey, entry into the kingdoms of the unknown or the unknowable, face to face with the Divine Mother and her consent to come down to earth. So the special day and the special moment. I will close with two sentences from Sri Aurobindo to Nishta. Because they are so important to us at this moment in our lives. Nishta was president Woodrow Wilson's daughter. He says, Finally, it will help you in your meditation and practice to keep yourself turned towards us and call for our help in all difficulties. For where personal effort is hampered, the help of the teacher can intervene and bring about what is needed for the realization or for the immediate step that is necessary. Then he wrote long letters to her. This is another portion. We have not any disciples in America, though several Americans have come recently here and become interested in the yoga. But we have disciples in France, and some of these have been able already to establish an inner closeness with us and to become aware of our nearness and help in their spiritual endeavor and experience. And one line from Nishta about Sri Aurobindo. Here is one on earth whom one can love all one's life and in whom one can lose oneself. And just one more little bit, which is a closing passage. Since we are reading about Sri Krishna and Sri Aurobindo, The descent of Krishna would mean the descent of the overmind Godhead preparing, though not itself actually bringing, the descent of supermind and ananda. Krishna is the anandamaya. He supports the evolution through the overmind, leading it towards his ananda. So, Sri Krishna is anandamaya. He is the divine in his anandamaya aspect. He has assumed a personality when he has descended as an avatar and that personality is at the overmind plane. That is the station at the overmind plane for the sake of the work. So when the personality from the past enters Shiorbindo, it is the personality of Sri Krishna, the avatar. And this last one. You can't expect me to argue about my own spiritual greatness in comparison with Krishna's. The question itself would be relevant only if there were two sectarian religions in opposition.
Aurobindoism and Vaishnavism. In fact, the fact that Krishna has tied himself to Shirobindo would mean that whoever turns to Krishna sincerely will end up eventually moving towards the new consciousness. That's what Mother remarked about the about Durga's surrender. That the fact that Durga has surrendered, it means that everybody who turns to Durga will eventually come in contact with the Divine Mother because she has done that. So And that beautiful answer of Sri Aurobindo when Dilip Kumarai says he can only give himself to Krishna. Yes. Sri Aurobindo says if, if you can give yourself to Krishna, you give you yourself can give to yourself me. To me. If you reach Krishna, you reach me. So this letter just ends with this. And then what Krishna must I challenge? The Krishna of the Gita who is the transcendent Godhead, Paramatma, Parabrahma, Purushottama, the cosmic deity, master of the universe, Vasudeva who is all the imminent in the heart of all creatures. Or the Godhead who was incarnate at Vrindavan and Dwarka and Kurushetra and who was the guide of my yoga and with whom I realized identity. So I think we should close here.